Welcome back to the Creative Studio Podcast. This is the podcast where we conduct experiments in podcasting. You just want to think of the mood and emotion. You want to make sure that the timing is appropriate, that you're giving people enough time to digest what just happened and then transition them emotionally into what's about to happen next. We are currently on the eighth episode in our series on narrative podcasting. We have defined narrative podcasting as the NPR journalistic style. We're coming close to the end of this 10-part series, and we're going to explore how to make transitions in narrative podcasts. I would like to take a second here to thank today's special guests, Brian Orr, Corey Coates, Daniel J. Lewis, Doc Kennedy, Elsie Escobar, Jessica Abel, Jessica Rhodes, David Jackson, Eric K. Johnson, and Rye Taylor. I really appreciate the feedback that they gave and to be able to help give us these tips for this particular episode. As we think about transitions, we'll explore things like music, silence, different vocals, and other techniques. In many cases, as we know, when we're editing and we're trying to construct this, um, you know, life just doesn't always fall that way because this is largely unscripted material. So we have to find a way to bridge from one to the other. And in many cases, what I would find, as I mentioned earlier, was that if I can't make a bridge between two components of audio, two spoken parts, but I do want to put them close together, that's a good opportunity for a narrator to jump in. The two tricks that I can give right now are if you can get two pieces of audio to stitch together naturally without having to do any tricks, do that first. And if you have to get some narration in there, put a little space, put a little music, give the narration, and then go back in. You know, each time I need to go from one part to another, I think about, you know, how I want to connect to the thing that happened, you know, raise a new question. Like at the end of one section, you want to sort of raise a question that you're going to answer in the, in the section following. So there's that. Um, if you're using music, music is a good way to bridge parts like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, you have cycles, you know, in a story where you have, um, you know, Ira Glass, at least a long time ago, used to go, go by the 45 second rule that like every 45 seconds, you need to have a new little mini arc happening in the story. Um, I think anywhere between 45 seconds to two minutes of, um, of time in your story, you need to be raising a question, answering a question, starting into a new thing, you know, so you have like narration, you have a quote, you do some music and you, you need to think about it in little arcs like that. You've got to give uh, expectations for your audience. In narrative podcasting, what are the keys that you have to do? And you, you, uh, one of the things that's great about narrative podcasting is, is you can be very creative. But the one thing that you've also got to do is make sure that you have a box to think out of. Okay? It is very important in narrative podcasting that you actually create a structure, a framework, a box, whatever you want to call it. But you've got to have a formula in place that your listener can expect. And what you do with that is just like I was telling you a story and you're like, and then? So as soon as I tell my audience that I fell off the back of that gator and I knew that I was about to get bit, 
I actually go into the introduction, my normal standard introduction that they can always expect. So they're expecting the end of the story, but it's just the beginning. I'm just foreshadowing to what's going to happen in the rest of the episode. And then all of a sudden my theme music kicks in, my normal standard introduction kicks in, and then they're like, oh, we've got to wait for the rest of the story. But what it does is it engages them to the point that, oh, okay, this is the formula. He gives us a teaser. We know he's going to finish the story later in the episode, but we've got to wait for it. So here's the music. Here's the intro. Here's another part of the story. And he'll get back and tell us what happened on the back of that alligator as soon as he fell off. And that's how you can weave it in. And those are the kind of transitions I'm talking about. You want to have a specific structure in mind for your narrative podcast, always to go back to. That way, your you're listening audience, they know what to expect. Yes, they want to hear the rest of the story. So they will wait, even if you cut away from it in the middle of it and go to something else like your introduction or commercial. In some cases, though, what I'm looking for is a bridge that's going to be some bed music in order to give the listener what I feel is an appropriate amount of time to think about what was just said. And it's pretty funny. I think there's a meme going around out there on SoundCloud or something about how to do narrative podcasts. And they do it beautifully where they have someone say something very compelling And then you're struck by a piece of audio that holds you and hangs you while you think for as long as we want you to think. And then the narrator comes back in. Well, there's something to be said for that because it does create that beautiful timing and it does give the the listener the opportunity to not be bombarded constantly with information. Paul Harvey was a famous radio guy. And one of his favorite things was that guy was like the king of the dramatic pause. You, you thought he like died or something like, did somebody hit him over the head? But all of a sudden he just in the middle of a sentence, paused for no reason. And you're like, did he fall asleep? Is he narcoleptic or something? It was really weird. Uh, but, um, you know, something like that, maybe in some cases, just to pause, just to let that, that idea, uh, kind of fade into the, the breeze as it goes out. And then maybe you start off next with uh, a question just to, uh, trigger somebody that, Hey, we're moving in a new direction. It's interesting too, how, seconds really matter like that was really mind-blowing to me um, to realize that sometimes when you start to feel oh three seconds was too long and you can really say that and you can really feel that Um, and, and also listening to their you know their music transitions I'm sure that there is a magic number right where it's either too long or too short and so they optimize for a certain amount of length and I think if you can maybe discern that for yourself to say like you know, my transition needs to be one second long. Um, so it needs to work this way. Or my transitions for these longer things need to be up to, you know, five seconds or something like that where you can start to sense like that's part of the difference and you can then start to make decisions based on, upon length. And maybe just the length will do what you want it to do and not the type of music that you're putting in there. In the narrative-based podcast, you want to have a variety of feels to the show. So what we did was we had three different kinds of audio. We had interviews, we had solo segments, and we had conversations between Corey and myself. So, And then there was also music. 
Okay, so an episode would, um, you know, as you're listening to an episode, you're going to hear, you know, an an interview. So you're going to hear a a portion of an interview, you know, Corey interviewing someone or me interviewing someone. And then you're going to hear a splice where it's just me talking in the microphone. And, And I'm sure that you know this, Josh, when you hear somebody on a solo interview, or I'm sorry, on a solo podcast, and it's just them in the microphone, they are alone in a room, it's just them and their microphone, the sound of their voice and the tone is so much different than when they're talking in an interview. Um, likewise, it's also different when you're just having a conversation, like Corey and I, partners, co-hosts, us talking back and forth. He wasn't interviewing me and I wasn't interviewing him. We would have a topic at hand. We would, you know, we would start with, okay, DIY podcasting. And we would just kind of talk. We would say, yeah, you know, I started and, and like, we would just kind of give our stories and and our thoughts and we would kind of go back and forth. Again, it's a different feel from an interview. So in a narrative-based podcast, one of the things that you can do to hook listeners is to have different kinds of um, vocals, right? So the solo, the interviews, um, the conversations, the music is huge, right? So we used, um, Corey contracted a musician to compose music for the show. Listen, we talked a little bit already about the importance of having a really high qual- like high quality production value in a narrative show. That's one of the things that's going to set you apart from most other weekly based, you know, interview podcasts. Having really quality music is a big part of that. Jessica Rose has just summarized several techniques to use vocals to give a variety of feels to the show. She wrapped up with one of the most common ways to make transitions with music. Well, one thing that you want to make sure to do is get to royalty-free music. That's uh, first and foremost. You don't want to start using, uh, you know, when another one bites the dust and and everything from Queen and so on uh, when when you're talking about your music because you can get in trouble. So you've got to find some resources for royalty-free music, and you can find that in a variety of places. Uh, There's some, if you have a Mac, there's some on your Mac, but I would advise against using that if you can. The reason is because uh, it's been used. People have heard it before. You want to try to get unique, uh, unique music that's uh, almost exclusive to you, even though it's not exclusive to you. You want to get those pieces of music that people haven't heard all the time. So to use those, find them on uh, YouTube or find them on a, a website called audioblocks.com or uh, audiojungle.com. Find these pieces of music, these dramatic pieces, and utilize them, leverage them. In, in other words, when we're talking about a scary story, have some creepy music in the background. Enjoy it. Play with it. Have some fun with it. But just don't overuse it. You want to make sure to bring an ambiance to your uh, to your narrative, but you definitely don't want to go over the top to the point that uh, people are like, "Oh man, this is this is really cheesy." You just want enough music to make your point without beating people over the head with the music. Ira Glass talks about, um, he uses the term plinky music, that This American Life uses plinky music. The biggest thing I see people do who are getting into narrative is they just use the wrong music. Music 
that works for transitions and for sound beds is not the same kind of music that works if you're doing a, hey, everybody, I'm a cool interview podcaster type of intro. You know, it's you see that so many you know, loud rock music or dubstep and that kind of stuff. It just it just doesn't work underneath. There's too much going on and it interferes with the vocal range of the person who's speaking, especially if you're transitioning into speech. Um, so pick music that's very understated, that's very simple, uh, and that is mood appropriate to what's going on. And usually, in most cases, it's it's fairly um, neutral. It's not – so even if you're in a sad scene, you don't want some big, sad, sappy orchestra. It's too much. You just want a simple you – know, maybe a simple guitar pluck that's a little uh, moody sounding underneath. You know, So you just, you just think much more simply with music. I did season one. <laughs> I did season one of Filmmakers Focus, and I got to a point where I was kind of rushing things, and I found some music for free. And honestly, the music sucks. It just does not work for what I needed to be pushing, uh, and it just takes it down a notch. And it's not like it's playing throughout the entire thing, but it's just kind of lame and doesn't work for this. I mean, it would be a great piece for something else, uh, but. I should have taken the time to let it, let myself find the right tunes rather than try to push, you know, a week or something uh, ahead. So I would highly recommend, especially with this format, you're going to need every bit of every piece of help that you can get. And that music's going to be key to help telling this story. Anytime a narrator jumps in, I usually put a little bit of bed music under it. And uh, that's kind of to allow them to float, if you will, in and out of these conversations, imagining that the conversation is the sort of front-facing audio that is the meat of this show. And then from time to time, this narrator is, you know, some guy or girl in the sky that's going to pull you out of the show and talk to you for a little bit. And whenever I'm pulled out of the show, I want something musical underneath to give you that sense that I'm in a different space and then get dropped back into the show itself. So one tip that I would give people that's sort of an insider secret if you're really serious about um, about narrative is look into smart sound. Um, you can actually create your own music tracks and then make them exactly what you want them to be. And, it, and you can make very, very simple, good bed music using smart sound. And uh, I've, I've been happy with it. It's not cheap, but it's a good it's a good resource if you're if you're looking to create narrative for a long time. Another technique you could use, though, would be you have certain music that's saved for certain things. Gimlet, All Things Considered, and several other NPR-style productions do this kind of thing where they have the sponsor music and it loops in the background while they're talking about their sponsors. Or they have their opening music, they have their wrap-up music, they have their music that plays during the time when they're struggling with a thought, or they have their music that plays as they're wrapping up their ideas. You could have that kind of thing and it's like your own soundtrack for the show, definitely get the license for the music. Don't just use any music, but make sure you're doing it legally. And then that music can be what sets the tone. So although it may be that you're recording in the exact same studio, in the exact same sound quality, instead of having to say, now let's transition to our sponsors, you can have this music in the background that makes that obvious difference. As you're making that point, a lot of times you can fade in music that will really set the tone of whatever it is, the point you're making, and then let the music fade in and fade out. And 
you know, I've heard people kind of pause after that music. It's like the music comes in. And then it's there to let you ponder what that person just said, right? You just said that final, you put the, you know, the period at the end of the sentence, let it sink in a bit. And then about the time you go, well, that's weird. Nothing's playing. They'll start talking again. And here's the new, the new uh, topic. So I think music's a good way of doing that. Um, you know, sound effects, maybe in some cases, if you're, you know, talking about, um, I don't know, maybe you're talking about, uh, you have one topic and this is that, and this and that, and you just, you just pause and you start playing a sound effect to where people are like, why are there geese honking? Well, because the next topic is, I remember one time out by my grandfather's lake, there were geese and, you know, I could see something like that to just politely, uh, cue the listener that, Hey, guess what? We're going someplace else now. This, this was over here uh, without completely jarring their feelings out of their teeth. Uh, something like that uh, might be an interesting switch. And I, I really think the thing I love about these, I wish I had more time to do them, is it's it's so creative. And you can kind of, for me at least, when I do these and I listen back, it just, when I just feel that natural flow without kind of like, ooh, what was that? Um, I really do like that. And in some cases, you know, a nice little jarring exit is maybe the the emphasis you're going through. Uh, maybe you're trying to get people to go, whoa, what was that? You know, because you're trying to get their attention. So for me, it's kind of like painting with audio. You know, you might want to try a soft music, especially. It triggers something in the mind that uh, people knew what you were talking about. They got the joke a little quicker because the music spawned that thought. So uh, maybe it's the musician in me. But for me, I could see, I think my my knee-jerk reaction is what can I use music-wise here to, to transition? Uh, I think those would be that. And like I say, sound effects and um, or a question in some cases. Oh, yeah. To be able to make those choices based upon the kind of transition that it is. I mean, if it's a very poignant transition or if it's something that, you know, you're talking about X and then that topic has been put to rest and then you're going to start talking about why. I feel that merits a, a pretty strong transition between those, right? Because it, it'll sort of like, it's sort of like a, it's like an audio period. <laughs> you know what I mean? This is where it finishes, the sentence, period, and next scene. So it could be something like that. And there are times when um, you can do a less, uh, one that isn't so poignant and it could really just seamlessly integrate into the other one. So it's not like you would be telling a story and in the middle of the story, there's suddenly background music and you're talking about your sponsor, but you would need to say with language things like this podcast is sponsored by such and such or brought to you by such and such. So you're still making somewhat of a verbal transition without actually saying, let's talk about our sponsors now, or let's segue into this other thing, or we'll be right back after this brief message. Please don't do that in a podcast that... This is not radio. You're not going anywhere. Your listener's not going anywhere. No one's going to leave and have to come back. You don't have to say, we'll be right back after. Just just make a smoother transition. Pet peeve. Sorry about that. But uh, your background music then can help you with that. And people then can start to know as they listen to your show, as the background music is starting at a certain point, maybe they know, oh, the show is almost over. Or they start to associate certain background music with this episode is halfway through and he's doing this uh, transition point or whatever it is. You can really set the tone and the emotion of the moment 
with the background music. You see that done in movies all the time. And I love movie soundtracks. And that's something that the soundtrack can be really good at doing is setting the emotional tone of the moment. So, as I began studying for this series, I knew some things. Some of those things I knew in concept, but I didn't learn the terminology until I was in these conversations, like with Brian Orr. They call that tracking in the business. So tracking is cutting those little narrations in between pieces. And I also struggle with the same thing you're talking about. What I've found works nice is to not only just introduce the next thought, but also you can do some of their talking for them. So you'll see that they do this a lot in, in highly produced narrative shows is that instead of just saying, and then I asked so-and-so about such-and-such, and this is what he had to say. See, that's, that's a little too, it's almost like, why didn't you just do the interview then? You know, but what you can do is you can say, and then I was interested in what such and such's experience was. He shared with me so on and so forth, which got me thinking, da, 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 da. And then they start talking. You see, and so, so you're doing some of their talking for them so that your narrations aren't so tight where it's just you, you know, just literally just introducing the next idea. It's, it's a little more complex than that, and it makes it a, just a little tighter. There's a couple of ways that I do it. Everyone has their own approach, and every producer has their own flair. Um, but for me, I mean, it's very, very simple. The first thing I'm always looking for is when, you know, wording can match wording. When something that one person says can naturally lead to something that someone else said, when those two things can be butt together, that for me is a win. That's a victory in, in narrative audio. Uh, I don't need music. I don't need transition. I don't need anything fancy. And I certainly don't need narration because the job's there for me. And again, spoken word, spoken word. Let the words tell the story. Well, something cool that I see done with the NPR style shows is they have a portion of the clip playing in the background so you know you're about to go to a clip or you're just coming off a clip and you don't have to then say, let's play this clip, but you can just play a portion of the clip and then you jump in as the narrator and say, that's so-and-so and we're talking about such-and-such -such, or uh, on such and you could start your clip off by saying, on such-and-such -such day, I was talking to so-and-so. And then you go into the audio clip as it's been playing silently, a little bit silently in the background. A cool little trick you can also do, especially when there's spoken word in the background and spoken word in the foreground, your voice is in the foreground and maybe you're playing an audio clip that has some spoken words in the background, is you can play with the frequencies a little bit, not to make it sound like a telephone call or something like that. But reduce those frequencies in the vocal range, which are roughly around the 200 to 400 hertz range, I believe. And uh, so that way you don't have multiple pieces of audio conflicting for the same frequency range, but you've reduced it a little bit in the background, but then you raise it back up when you bring that background clip back into the foreground. So it's more than simply reducing the volume, but reducing it on specific frequencies as well, so that the foreground voice sticks out all the more. As a whole, one of the key things in theater is pacing and changing the pace of things. Um, as in dance, you know, or as in almost every art form, including music, the 
there is a a reason why you know the iambic pentameter that Shakespeare uses stays at, at a specific type for many many different lines, and then all of a sudden it breaks that rhythm. It's because something important is happening then. Something else has taken up that rhythm. When Shakespeare breaks the rhythm, there's there's a very very important reason why. And as when you're producing something like, like a play that is a Shakespeare play or you're playing it or whatever, you need to really look at that and, and to see that. The same thing happens with storytelling or with music. You set up a certain amount of um, consistency, perhaps in your voice, consistency in the way that you're telling the story. And then you add elements that break that pattern, that break it in some way that sometimes it's more melodic. Sometimes it becomes more pleasing and sometimes it's very dissonant so that you, you cause the person that's listening to question or to go, well, that was shocking. And you can use different ways to do that with, because you have the voice, you have different ways to do that. There are the possibilities of using speed, tempo, right? You could do it faster or slower. You could do it louder or softer. You could do it sharper um, and there are, there are layers that you can build into that. What's really lovely about the narrative podcast is that you don't have to do it just with your voice. You can have aspects of sound design, which is one of the reasons that narrative podcasters are, are around that way, or music. One thing that is important to improve your skills with is to study different shows that are doing it already, both in audio and even video. You can learn a lot by watching expose shows like Behind the Music or 60 Minutes and watch how they make their transitions in their interviews. It's truly an art to go from one interview clip to a transition to another interview clip. And when you catalog your interviews... After you've done it for a while, you'll you'll get the hang of hearing pieces that you want to use in your story as you're doing the interview, and you'll catalog those. You'll you'll jot down a note that oh, uh, at three o five of the interview, uh, he mentioned part about the gun, and that's what I want to you know. And then you can go back and find that piece. You'll you'll start to recognize that after you've done it for a while, those pieces will jump out at you to study transitions, to listen, not necessarily even for content sometimes, but, but, but listen for transitions, like what transition worked the most? What, what, what was the thing that worked about it? And, and questioning back again, like reverse engineering, the impact that something made on you or why something didn't really work or why it was too jarring for you or you wish that it was this way. There's something really amazing about following your own instincts with this kind of work. And in order to develop that, you have to develop your own opinions. Um, and part of it comes from studying, from being able to see what you like and what resonates with you. Not only do you need to pay attention to and study other shows, but you need to put what you learn into practice. This is the only way to develop your ear. Remember, this is more of an art than a science. So it takes experimentation because there are a lot of variables. Voices are different. Moods are different. The emphasis will be different. 
So when we are editing, a lot of tape may be left on the cutting room floor. In the next episode, we're going to look at a couple things that we can do with the extra clips that we don't use. As we wrap up, I want to thank you again for listening to this podcast. I know that it's been a while between episodes. One of the reasons is that my baby was born. So we're definitely excited about that. The other thing is that my podcast editing business, Podcast Guy Media LLC, has blown up in growth and it sapped a lot of my time. That's both good and bad. So right now I am working on streamlining things and I may even share some specifics with you later on, maybe after this podcast series. And so until next time, get out there and experiment with your own podcast. Podcast.